Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs. Today we're talking with B.J. Tanksley, who's our Director of State Legislative Programs. B.J., thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an exciting week in Jefferson City. The uh, legislature will be back in this Wednesday to kick off the uh, 2020 legislative session, and we've got a lot to talk about as we get ready for the session. That's for sure. I'm surprised that RA came around again, but it is time for the session to get started, and we do have a lot on the on the agenda for this year. Uh, let's just go ahead and get started by going through some of the items that you're going to be focusing on with your time in the Capitol and with our members' time in the Capitol when they go to visit and with our legislators. Uh, the, uh, the first topic that I think is going to be a big issue of discussion is eminent domain, and that's something that we kind of closed out the year on last year uh, but didn't quite get across the finish line. What do you think is on tap for that this year? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Last year, we spent a lot of time in the Capitol talking about the use of eminent domain, um, and I predict this year we will be doing a lot more of the same. Um, You know, last year we had a great effort. Um, As you know, we had members come to the Capitol throughout the session as well as uh, an independent rally where we had over 500 individuals come to the Capitol, heard from legislative leaders and leaders from all over the Capitol about their support for the use of property rights and limiting the use of eminent domain. Um, Unfortunately, as things do towards the end of session, we, we, we fell to that, you know, we had, we did have some opposition. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but, but they were able to overcome what I think was an overwhelming majority, which would have voted for the bill if given the opportunity. Um, and that happens towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um, the, the circumstances of the situation really haven't changed a lot. Um, the truth is right now, uh, there's a possibility that a, a privately owned company for profit w- could build a utility line across Northern Missouri, um, and could have the power of eminent domain to do so. Um, it's held up in the courts. That court case is still ongoing. There's challenges still pending. Um, and so we're looking for a legislative fix to address this issue. I think um, if you really look at the laws and the way they're written, I think what we're really dealing with here is laws that were written for a utility structure um, that aren't necessarily keeping up with today's age. Right. Um, these types of projects were not considered when utility legislation was written previously. And I, and I think that's probably one of the big things we're dealing with here. Unfortunately for landowners, um, the law seems to be vague enough to allow for this type of thing to possibly happen, and that's why we're going back to the legislature and asking them to clarify when the power of eminent domain should and should not be used. Um, And we want to make sure that that is done as infrequently as possible. You know, the truth is, as I've said a bunch of times on these podcasts, we stand between some of the wind-rich areas of the nation and the utility-needing areas of the nation. And and if we allow utility companies or, or companies to cross the state of Missouri as cheaply as possible, this won't be the only utility line that goes across the state. Um, We will have relatively cheap property for them to come and then gain profits by selling those to the East Coast markets. Yeah, there's uh, definitely more to come if this is allowed to stand. And and property rights has always been a pretty central issue that we fight for in the Capitol, so it's it's definitely in our wheelhouse, I'd say. Absolutely. Missouri Farm Bureau has always been a strong advocate of property rights. Anytime these types of issues come up, people know they're going to look to Missouri Farm Bureau for leadership on these issues. We're glad to stand as much as we can for these, and and we really appreciate that position. It it is, um, it's always worth standing for. That's absolutely right. And um, look forward to fighting it again this year. I do think we have, like I said, again, overwhelming support in the Capitol. It's just a matter of getting to a vote uh, um, and trying to see if we can't get that done. The good news is we have strong support in both the House and Senate, and, and we'll be moving forward again this year. Well, another issue that I think there's very broad support about, but it's always 
an issue nonetheless is the de deployment of rural broadband coverage. That's something it seems like everybody knows we need to do something about, but it's an expensive pr uh, proposition and uh, there's no one-size-fits-all solution for it, no magic wand. What are we going to try to do with it this year, though? Yeah, as we look to broadband, we've had a lot of successes over the last couple of years. We developed the program. We saw it funded $5 million last year. Um, and then that actual program is rolling out kind of as we speak. The um, the process is going on, and then they will try to get some of those awards out. Our goals for this year is to see that pro program funded again, um, see if we can't continue the momentum that we have seen. You know, $5 million isn't a lot in the broadband world, but it's better than nothing. Um, and I think the Broadband Deployment Office, as as when Tim was here with you, spoke about, um, has some good plans for that, trying to reach a lot of people, as many people as possible with those funds available. I think our number one goal is to see that funded again this year um, and maybe increased, but at at least funded again this year and then um, also when that bill was originally formed um, it had a sunset on it and that sunset was relatively short and we would like to see that sunset either extended or eliminated um, to allow this program to continue to move forward without the uncertainty of not knowing if it's going to have a future the truth is these five million dollar successes are big successes but over time they can really develop into something um, and that and we want to make sure we see that happen here in the state the truth is broadband is a big deal um, as far as it takes a lot of money and it's going to take time, um, but we need to make sure we're allowing for the successes and the momentum to continue. Yeah, and something that's related to broadband in a lot of ways is rural health care. Uh, we have seen a lot of problems with hospitals closing around Missouri and rural areas, and one of the solutions, a, a big part of the solution people propose is more access to telemedicine, but you can't do that without broadband coverage. So those kind of go hand in hand in some ways. But there's a lot of other things as well with rural health care. What are we going to be focusing on this year? Yeah, in, in rural health care, and you're absolutely right, rural health care is something we've heard from our members um, about over the years repeatedly about whether it's cost or access. Um, and we want to make sure that we continue to focus on that. And, and telemedicine is a major um, contributor to the solution. As you said, we've seen a lot of closures over the last few years. A couple of the areas we'll be focusing on on rural health care is, is mainly is access. Access to rural health care. You know, it's not unusual for someone outside of the state to have to drive an hour or more to have access to care. If you're in an emergency situation, that's a major problem. And we want to make sure that we are getting access to those rural areas as much as possible. Um, and from Missouri Farm Bureau's perspective, we've seen these conversations in the Capitol over the last few years, but we really haven't been fully engaged in it. I think it's going to be fun to be a new voice in that conversation. The truth is, I don't know that Missouri Farm Bureau has all the answers on rural health care, but I do think coming in and talking from somebody who's talking as the actual user of rural health care rather than the provider standpoint is going to be a welcome voice to the conversation. Because the truth is, in the past, it's been those providers kind of talking about what they think they can fit that need best. And, and we're going to bring from the perspective of, hey, guys, we have to find an answer. These conversations have been going on for several years, um, kind of at a stalemate, yeah. and hopefully bringing our voice to the conversation of saying, we're not saying who is going to be the winner and who's going to be the loser in these conversations, but we think we have to find answers for those people who live in the rural areas of the state. Another thing along the, the point of health care, 
is something we were new to the conversation of last year, which is a prescription drug monitoring program. Right. We'll once again be supporting that legislation. Um, I know that the supporters in the past uh, will be bringing that legislation early this year and trying to get some momentum again. Um, Missouri Farm Bureau members a couple years ago decided that we believe that that is a step forward in the opioid crisis, and we, we should adopt that. Missouri's the last state in the nation not to have one. Everybody's kind of heard the talking points, but once again, we'll be supporting that again in the legislature. Yeah, and that's uh, definitely something that there's a lot of support about around the state, so yes. hopefully they'll be able to make some headway. Yes. Um, so an issue that is more on the strictly agriculture side or directly related to agriculture is the biodiesel um, program. And that's something that we're looking to uh, propose some changes to. What are we looking for there? Yeah. Um, so th the Missouri Soybean Association and others and soybean growers across the state um, are interested in looking at a biodiesel standard for the state of Missouri. Um, and at our annual meeting, our, our de voting delegates voted to um, support that, that position of, uh, of efforting for a statewide standard that is flexible seasonally. So a lower standard in the winter and higher standard in the summer months. And I really think this is an effort to support our soybean farmers across the state of Missouri. You know, row crop farmers across the state have seen the, the markets come and go with trade disruptions and other issues. This is an effort to create a domestic market to try to support that um, and allow for some insurance against the whims of international trade. You know, the more soybeans we can sell right here in the state of Missouri, the less we have to sell overseas, and the more stable that market's going to be. Right. Um, the truth is row crop farmers across the state have been seeing lower prices, um, and this is something that we can do to support them. It's also proven to be effective in other states. This isn't uh, We wouldn't be the first state to adopt this standard, and they haven't seen any problems with vehicle miles driven and things like that. There's been no negative impacts and a major, major benefit to the row crop farmer. Yeah, and I, that could make a big difference to just provide some stability, uh, kind of a floor to uh, the, the market there, hopefully. Exactly. Well, uh, another issue that is directly related to agriculture is the private pesticide applicator training program, and that's something that is, it sounds very complicated. Could you explain what exactly we're talking about with that? It does, and no pun intended, but it is a little in the weeds. Uh, uh, had to. It's... It was right there. But um, <laughs> the truth is the EPA came down several years ago and said um, that states were going to have to beef up their applicator training programs. Uh, rather than having a certain amount of training, they were going to have to go much, much more in-depth on this. And the state wants to do a great job of training. Uh, the University of Missouri and the Department of Agriculture have done a great job of training our applicators throughout the years, and they're looking to adopt to this new program. It's more extensive, um, not that we would say we needed it, um, but the EPA did, so we're going to have to try to get it done. And so um, we are looking at legislation to allow them to do so. Um, as we know with anything, if there's more of it, it's going to take um, time and money. And so we'll be advocating for some general revenue funds to go to support this program and, and then to allow um, the possibility of, uh, of a fee to those users to allow um, the program to continue. The truth is everything costs money these days, um, and the University of Missouri Extension Services and the Department of Agriculture have been funding this fully, but it's going to be a much bigger burden on them now. And so we've been working with them hand-in-hand, hand, um, appreciate their cooperation with us and allowing us to be a part of the conversation, um, and going to be looking, like I said, for general revenue to get that program off the ground, and then to change a slight change in state law to allow the program to continue. Yeah, that's something I know you've been working on a lot behind the scenes. Yeah. 
yeah. for the last year or two even. So hopefully we'll be able to get that one across the finish line. Um, and another issue that has come up quite a bit with agriculture is the state tax commission's recent decision to uh, hold valuations steady for agricultural land. And that was something that we were happy with the outcome of that because I think that the facts and figures and uh, arguments all backed up that that conclusion. Um, but we're looking at the potential for some legislation along those lines as well, right? Yeah, we appreciate the State Tax Commission coming out and holding ag land values steady again this year um, and, and making sure that what we went to them and argued was, you know, Missouri agriculture, the numbers don't necessarily reflect everything we've seen. They look at a 15-year rolling average um, of, of income from rural farms. We know that in in, the, in that 15-year average, we see some really good years, but more recently, we've seen some tougher years when it comes to actual on-farm income. So the State Tax Commission um, heard our arguments and agreed with us, and, and they're holding those, those, those valuations steady. Um, that's a great win for agriculture. Um, at a time when we need it, you know, that we don't need to be paying more on on land that's not yielding as much. Um, Some people don't understand that, but ag land is actually um, taxed at its production value, not its resale value or retail value, um, but its production value. So it's how much can you actually make off of it. So this is a good reflection of what that actually is. Looking towards session, um, Missouri Farm Bureau has long been a supporter of uh, of seeing some caps on those possible increases. Um, The truth is we would like to see a cap put on that so that any one given increase wouldn't um, be too dramatic. Yeah. You know, we do see dramatic swings in valuation, but I think a stair-step method to increases is probably better over time. Um, nobody wants to see an increase, but if you're going to have to deal with them, we could take those incrementally um, rather than seeing a giant swing that nobody would see coming. Um, the truth is these come every two years, and although we know it's coming, every farmer out there isn't waiting looking for the state tax commission's decision. And so we would like to see some more surety for those farmers out there um, to put some put some limitations on any one given increase. Yeah, that could uh, wipe somebody out if yeah. they had a bad year and those valuations went up. So yeah, because we don't want that to be the case. With the whims of weather, not everybody has a good year. Right. Even if the numbers if look overall. great, not everybody had that same year. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I think that would be a, a good win if we can yeah. get that done. Um, so, one more issue that uh, is also related to those uh, the agricultural values as well as the ability to get your products to market. If we don't have that, um, it makes your, prod- your 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 land and your products pretty worthless. So that's something that we've been working on for years and years and years is our transportation system. Where where are we on that? Yeah. So um, you know, last year we did a, the governor had his uh, his proposal to do some bonding um, and then also some some general revenue funding for transportation and we applauded that and appreciate all those efforts. Um, I think those are, are are great efforts to try to increase funding for transportation. As we said then and we'll continue to say though that wasn't a long-term fix. That was a great shot in the arm for our transportation system, but that's not going to be a long-term fix. The truth is when you have bills to pay and systems to upkeep, you have to have that constant inflow of money. It's not just a one-time fix that fixes the situation. Um, So we'll still continue to advocate for a long-term fix uh, for transportation funding across the state of Missouri. Um, When we talk about that, the most simple way is it's a user fee. It's the way we pay for them now, which is a, a gas tax. There's a lot of other 
other ideas out there, but the truth is we funded our roads through a gas a tax on the sale of gasoline and diesel um, for many, many years. And, and that truly is the most simple way. Uh, when you look, compare us to other states, we're way lower than other states. Um, there are other road funding ideas, but they seem to have more clear winners and losers. And the other thing that, that can't be undersold is the fact is anybody who drives through the state of Missouri and purchases gasoline would then be paying their share for the use of our roads. Right. Um, and so we want to make sure we continue to capture that. A lot of those other funding mechanisms don't um, don't capture that out-of-state usage as much. So so we'll continue to, uh, to advocate for transportation funding um, as much as possible. The, let's be honest, this is an election year um, and, and transportation and taxation is not necessarily a popular topic. So right. whether or not that gets done this year, I don't know, but we will continue to advocate for it because it is something that we all need to see. As you said, whether it's uh, uh, getting your goods to market or as I say, getting your kids to school, uh, we all want to have safe roads and bridges to drive on. Right. And a related issue on transportation is uh, we've been working a little bit over the past few years with the lieutenant governor's office and some others on some potential signage uh, for agriculture and agritourism destinations. Yeah. Um, that's something I think we're probably going to make a little push on, right? Yes, absolutely. And uh, The list is getting longer, but the, but um, as you said, Kelly Smith in our office has been working on the issue and with agritourism locations across the state for a long time. It is a great market. It's a great piece of agriculture. It's a great way to diversify your operation. We've seen some great gains in, that, in those situations. One of the issues we have seen is other states are doing what they can to promote these destinations along the roadway. Um, and, and we think that that would be a step forward. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is is people knowing that you're there. And rather than um, having to go other directions or a temporary sign, uh, you know, we've all seen the bales of hay with spray paint on them or whatnot. But this would be a great way to, to get attention for those destinations um, as much as possible. Um, and, and we've seen it be successful in other states. It is doable, and I think it's something that We'll have a, a lot of conversation in the Capitol about, um, you know, roadside signage is always a it's a different conversation, something we haven't been a large part of. But um, it is a way we can support those businesses, get some attention for them and continue to grow that portion of agriculture. Yeah, well, hopefully that'll get uh, get some traction. Yeah. So an issue that has a lot of broad um, attention beyond just the agricultural community is the need to address initiative petitions and the ways that the way that those are collected and, and brought onto the ballot. That's something we've talked about for a long time. It's a tough issue, but uh, it looks like there's some movement to bring that up in the legislature this year. What, what do you think we're going to see there? Yeah, we've continued to see increased uses of the initiative petition process um, over the last few years, and the list just continues to get longer. It seems like it becomes um, issues you can't get through the Capitol become the wish list for the initiative petition process. Um, and although we want to make sure that the initiative petition process is available to the citizens of the state of Missouri, um, they need to be. we all need to be aware we're changing our constitution. We're enshrining things in the Constitution, and the Constitution should mean something. Um, and so we'll continue to support efforts to um, make sure that only those issues that really reach broad standing support, you know, we've taken a couple of positions, including making sure that um, signatures were gathered from all congressional districts. We want to make sure the whole state has a say in that process, and we want to make sure that it, it's a pretty high threshold to be able to change the actual Constitution. It's one thing if we're changing state statute, state statutes can be changed, can be amended, 
And there's a multitude of reasons why you might do it. It might not be that you oppose the program completely, but it needs to be changed. But enshrining those things in the Constitution makes that very, very difficult. Um, so we want to make sure that that thing that has a little bit higher level. Um, so we'll continue to advocate for that. I do think we'll see a large conversation about it. Um, last year we got good traction. We saw it pass. We saw it pass and, and get some traction. Um, just not get all the way across the finish line. But I do think we'll see that issue come up again this year. I know. Um, from statewide officials it does have um, large standing support again it's an election year there's going to be a lot of things on the ballot i don't know that this makes it to the ballot because it would have to be voted on but i do think it's something we see a lot of conversation on yeah what what are some of the other things that you think are going to be broader uh, discussion points in the legislature this year you know, what are yeah. the what are the things that are not necessarily ag policy related yeah. but what are we going to hear about in the news one of the major things i think we see early in the session um and it's always dangerous to start doing predictions is probably a fix to the redistricting changes that happened in the uh, the amendment one the quote unquote <coughs> clean missouri from several years ago um there was an effort last year and i thought towards the end of session we were going to have that pass last year but it looks like it'll probably be a top line issue for this coming session to try to um, bring a fix, let it go back to the voters. You know, the argument is there was a lot of issues included in that ballot initiative. It was, um, you know, ethics fixes and who uh, revolving door from being a legislator to being a lobbyist and several different issues included with a change to how we do our redistricting process. Um, I think the effort will be to send a, a clean redistricting bill back and, and let the voters decide if the nonpartisan way we did it before is any better um, than the new process, where one statewide elected official has a lot of say in the process um, and, and districts are drawn for quote-unquote competitive reasons. We've hashed that out before, but I do think that takes, um, a, uh, takes a lot of the early attention as far as session goes. And then a second issue that I think you'll probably see some talk about is um, the issues we've seen with violence in our larger cities across the state of Missouri. Um, I think there will be some conversation about that. Um, the The majority parties in both the House and the Senate have both said that um, – you know, increased gun control measures to take firearms away from law-abiding citizens are off the table. Um, so I, I don't think there's any anything to be worried about from that perspective, from Second Amendment supporters' perspective. But I do think there will be some conversation over what we can do in these cities because nobody wants our major cities across the state to be known for violence. Right. Unfortunately, that has become headline-grabbing across the state. Um, and we want to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing something to address that, and I think the legislature will as well. Um, I don't know I don't know what gets done in the end, but I do think it probably takes a large part of the conversation. Yeah. Well you've obviously got a lot on your plate this year. You you're gonna have some Friends coming to help you out, though. Yeah, uh, we have uh, our Capital Connection program is in its. Is this the second or third? Third year. year third yeah. year we're doing this, um, and I think it's been a big success uh, in previous years. It seems like people really enjoyed it on our end and on the legislators' end. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit about what that program is and, and how it's going to work this year? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, once again, this year we'll be bringing members to the Capitol on a weekly basis. Um, we typically do these on Tuesday. Um, there's a couple Wednesdays mixed in there just because of state holidays. Um, but bring cap members to the Capitol. Usually it's groups of five to ten people. We break up and then go um, kind of storm the legislature. We try to meet with between uh, probably eight to 15 legislators throughout the morning um, and really have a great impact.
impact. The truth is I want to thank all of our members who've come before. It really has a great impact on what we do. Um, I say it every time, but it is true. Legislators hear from a lot of people that look and talk like me advocating for issues. You know, we all know our talking points. We've all we've all practiced it and, and we've all gone and, and had those discussions. But to have somebody from their home district or to see that it actually makes a difference in an individual's life truly helps change the conversation. Yeah. Um, we have gotten a lot of big issues done over the last few years, and I I can't give enough credit to our members for coming and making that argument. I don't think half of those things get done. If we don't have members on a daily basis, and the other agriculture groups do as well, um, but to come into the Capitol and take a personal interest in those issues that we're fighting for, whether it be broadband or transportation or animal agriculture, the truth is that personal impact that these people have can't really be measured. So if you're, um, if you're from out there and a member of Missouri Farm Bureau, contact your regional coordinator. We've set the schedule up, those Tuesday and Wednesday visits. Um, please come and join us and have a personal impact on what we do in the Capitol. As you've heard, it's a long list of things that we're going to be working on, so it's going to be a busy year in the Capitol, um, and we'd love to have you come join us um, anytime throughout the session because um, I think our members enjoy it too. The truth is we they have a, a whirlwind trip to the Capitol. We take them out to a great lunch and then try to let them get home by mid-afternoon. So it's a, uh, a great opportunity and truly have a big impact on the things we do. Yeah, it really does make a big difference. All right, well, I know you can use the help because like we said this is a huge list of priorities we have to work on this year quite a few things all right well thanks for joining us and good luck over there hey thanks a lot